0: Let's go ahead and, and dive in. Um, again, we won't we won't take a ton of time tonight. There's just uh, there's six passages of Scripture that I want to share with you this evening. Um, some of these, uh, in fact, uh, I would venture to say every one of these passages is a passage of Scripture that's quite familiar to you. When you put them all together, though, it, um, I pray that it, it may be an encouragement to you here tonight. Um, you know, over the last week as I've had the opportunity to... Um, I've been sleeping a good bit and in the time when I'm not, you're just kind of sitting there and you're thinking and wondering, um, praying and just reflecting on things. It's, I imagine like many of you, as I sit back and I reflect on this year, um, there's just, there's a lot to consider. There's a a lot to, to think about. Um, you know, uh, it's become a bit cliche, I think, to to joke around and and, and talk about 2020, right? Um, that's become somewhat of a, a term that we can throw out there. We can say, well, it's 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 2020, you know, and that sort of encompasses anything crazy that might be going on uh, in our lives or around us or in our community or in our country. Um, and, and that's certainly true, um, you know. As I sit back and I think about uh, this year, and and especially now. Over the last week, as I think about, man, you know, there's all these different things that we, when, when this year started out, we, we thought we would do, that we set our hearts to do, that we just had to change. I mean, it seems as if, um, you know, even this past week, I mean, we, uh, the staff met last week on Wednesday, and we we, we we opened up our time in prayer, as we always do, and we began to just pray. I prayed um Lord, it, we, we need we need to make plans. That's that's part of what we do. We we put things on the calendar. We 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 plan for stuff. We plan for ministry, and uh, uh, but Lord, if we've learned anything in in this year, it's that there's not a whole lot that we can be very confident in. There's so many things that we plan for uh, that historically we could say, yep, yeah, we put that on the calendar and we make it happen. And, and this year, it's just not the case. I mean, even, even tonight, case in point, right, and as we know that the last week has been entirely um, disrupted by COVID. But tonight we were supposed to have our backpack to school event, uh, time of worship and food. And and uh, I mean, here it was. We were a week out from that. And we're making plans for it. And then we just had to say, nope, forget it. It's done. Um, that has been one of the key themes, I think we could say, about 2020. And, uh, for some of you, you know, maybe you're, uh, you're more prone to that. You're more comfortable with that. Um, and for others, maybe that's a very difficult thing that you're still wrestling with. Um, the fact is I, we can't, I mean, it, the, the Lord has really shown us over and over again this year that, uh, man, uh, th- that he operates differently and that, uh, Things that maybe we felt like we could have confidence in in the past, we just we just can't. And ultimately, I think that while well, I don't think I know that the, that's okay. There's a passage of scripture, and I know I've mentioned this to to several of you. have it's it's made its way into devotionals and conversation, and who knows how many times I've touched on it. But I, I want us to start here. Look at look at Mark chapter one verses thirty-five through thirty-nine. This is a passage of scripture that I just keep coming back to. If there was a passage of scripture that the Lord has just had on my heart all year, um, this would be one of them. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 39. It's, it's here that, that Jesus uh, had begun to, his ministry had begun, okay? In, in the first chapter of, of, of Mark, Mark, Mark gets right down to business. When, when, we, when we begin in Mark chapter 1, I mean, we're, we're there. We're like, like, stuff is happening, okay? Um, ministry is happening. Jesus' ministry has begun. Mark doesn't give us genealogy, he doesn't, he doesn't um, uh, deal with a whole lot of, of, of the buildup to the ministry. We're just right there, okay? And, and, and so Jesus has been ministering in the area of Capernaum and the Galilee region. And a lot of things are happening, right? I mean, Jesus is healing. He's working. Um, great things are happening. Miracles are happening. For the sake of the disciples who have just recently been called, this has got to be exciting. Okay, Exciting stuff is happening in ministry. And for the disciples, this has to be sort of this thought of like, man, we're, we're doing it. Jesus is doing it. Things are happening. Good stuff is happening. And Jesus heals many people, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then some of the headings in your Bible in verses 32 through 34 says that maybe many were healed after the Sabbath sunset. So like Jesus had a big day of ministry, a, a few big days. And in verse 35, then we read, now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. A couple of things we see here just really quick is that Jesus, of course, rises early in the morning. He's been doing ministry. He's been out with the people. He's been healing. He's been working and they got some sleep. And now early in the morning, he gets out and he gets away and he seeks the father. He's in prayer. And he goes into this solitary place and he's praying. And... Simon is looking for him, right? Simon comes looking for him. And he finds Jesus and he says, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. Now, from Simon's perspective and no doubt from our perspective, we would look at this and we would say, man, Jesus has the opportunity to really just totally, for his ministry to just kind of explode, okay? But look what Jesus says. In verse 38, he says to them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Here's an opportunity for Jesus to really grow his ministry. No doubt the disciples are thinking, man, we're gonna continue. there's no reason for us to leave. Everything's going well. Everything's going great. But yet Jesus' response, as Simon comes to him and says, listen, everybody's looking for you. You're on the verge of being extremely popular. What does Jesus say? He says, let's leave. Let's go. He says, let's get out of here. Jesus responds differently than any of us would respond. Jesus does it differently. Differently. I think what that gives us insight to here at the beginning is a number of different things. And again, this is a passage I've just considered kind of over and over and over and over again. Because for me, I think back to the beginning of the year, and for many of you, do you recall where we were? Do you recall where we were at the beginning of the year as far as church was concerned? I mean, you know, we we were at that time debating a second service because... Uh, The first service had really filled up. Now, of course, we've got a small sanctuary. That doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Um, But uh, it's exciting for us as a church family to see growth happening, right? Um, It's exciting to to, to see new people coming, to see new visitors coming and staying. Um, We were considering at that point uh, putting the church up for sale, um, recognizing that maybe it's time for us to pursue a new building that can offer us more capacity and the ability to do different things. Uh, for all intents and purposes, ministry was going well. Uh, good things were happening. Growth was happening. Uh, we were financially strong. Uh, and we were beginning to set out and pursue new ministry ventures. And then, unlike Jesus, it wasn't, it wasn't that anybody came to me and said, well, hey, all these good things are happening. And I said, well, no, let's, let's forget about it. Let's do this instead. Uh, instead, things kind of happened to us. That really just sort of disrupted all of that. And, and I don't need to belabor that. We know that. It did the same thing for, for, for each of us in in different ways in each of our lives. But what that does, that what that did and what and what that's done for me has caused me in, in many occasions and now, especially over the last week, of going, man, Lord, you know, here we were meeting regularly. Um, most people in the church didn't even you ask somebody, do you know anybody with COVID? And they say, I don't even I, I don't even know anybody who has COVID. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, it hits us. And we've got to go back to live stream and, and, all, and, and several people within the body sick. And, and one of our dear brother's in the hospital now. And, and that's tough. And, and it's hard when that happens to not sit back and go, Lord, what, what are you doing, Lord? And not just, man, not, not just selfishly. For the sake of Calvary Chapel Northeast, it's not just about us, but even just looking at our, our world as a whole or looking at our community or our country and to say, Lord, what are you doing, Lord? And of course, you know, along the way, we've had different thoughts. I've shared different thoughts about what it seems like the Lord is doing. But man, if I'm honest, and hopefully this is an uh, encouragement to you, is that there's some times that I take a step back and I go, you know, as much as I want to try and figure out what the Lord may be doing, I Sometimes I just don't know. Sometimes what it is that the Lord is doing just doesn't, certainly in the moment, make sense to me. And I think again about Jesus there in that early morning when he gets away to pray. The disciples come to him and say, Everybody's looking for you. And Jesus says, Let's go, let's leave. And it's a wonderful reminder to me that God's ways are not our ways. Now that. That should be one of the more obvious truths of the century, but one that we often forget, that we can often just, and we get so sucked into the way that we do things and what we think makes sense and how we think things should be done that we can so quickly forget that we serve a God in heaven who scripture says, whose ways are not our ways whose thoughts are not our thoughts, that just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways and so are his thoughts. And so I'm reminded then, and this is the second passage, again, six passages I want you to look at. We, we looked at one of them. The second one then in, in James, um, <clears throat> in James in chapter four, in verse 13 through 15. Again, another passage that I'm, I know you're familiar with. James chapter four, 13 through 15. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. And James gives us insight there. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. That that should be our mindset. You know, uh, amongst probably a, a, a healthy list of different things that we've learned and ways that we've grown in this year, one of those things ought to be uh, a heart that says, here's my plans it's all if the Lord wills it. If the Lord wills it. If the Lord allows us to go do this and that, this is what we, we set out to do. And, and, that, and that all of those plans ultimately be, be developed from a place of prayer, from a place of truly seeking the Lord to say, Lord, guide us and direct us. You know, Many of you, when you ask me um, how you can pray for me, you hear me say oftentimes, in fact, probably every time, for wisdom, for wisdom, vision, and direction. Now, I don't say that out of some place of of uh, spiritual uh, superiority or, you know, that sounds nice if I say oh, I want wisdom. The, the fact is I need it. You know, knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is, is taking the things that we know, taking, in this case, the word of God and being able to rightly apply it to our lives and to and to be led of his spirit. Um, I need that. We need that. We all need that. But but I am I am increasingly aware on a regular basis of the fact that I need supernatural wisdom, wisdom uncommon to man, in order to have confidence on a daily basis for what it is that I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. And there needs to be for us an incredible dependence on the Lord that we would say, whatever makes sense to me and in, in my flesh, um, Lord, it may not be what you want. And so Lord, help me to rightly hear from you. Help me to listen to you. Help me to follow you. But I don't want to do things my way. I don't want it to be my plans, Lord. I want it to be what you will, what you want me to do. I want to be able to wake up early in the morning and seek the Lord. And and when what seems like an incredibly obvious opportunity is right there in front of me to have the the, the wisdom to go, no, this isn't what we're going to do. We're going to go do this instead. Proverbs, Proverbs 16, verse nine. Proverbs 16, nine. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen? A man's heart plans his way. You see, it's, it's here. It's the heart, the heart which is, Desperately wicked. Who should know it? <clears throat> the heart that, that that gets us into trouble so often, right? When we when we sit, when we read that there's a way that seems right to a man, and in the end, it's destruction that that comes from from this. It's our it's our heart oftentimes that plans our way, but it's the Lord that directs our steps. That's what we want. As I think about this year, and I think about all the the things that I thought we were going to do, the way things the way I thought things were going to go, even even in the midst of things not going at all according to plan and, and thinking, Lord, what, what are you doing right now? Why, why this right now, Lord? I have to take a step back and I have to say, he directs my steps. If I'm allowing him, of course, that he directs our steps. And so if we are giving ourselves to him, if we're abiding in him, if we're surrendering to him, well, we can trust that, that even when things don't seem to make sense, well, he's directing our paths. He's directing our steps. The, f- the fourth passage of Scripture, and, and one again that we reference often is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is, instead of now allowing our heart to make our plans, we give our heart to him. We allow our entire heart to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I think sometimes, well, for one, I know that that passage of Scripture is one of the most encouraging and liberating passages of Scripture to me. It should be to each and every one of us. It should be an incredible encouragement. One of the things that I think we often miss in that verse, though, is what exactly is a straight path? sometimes we have our thoughts about what that straight path looks like. We offer ourselves up to the Lord. We we, we trust in Him. We depend on Him. And if we're honest with ourselves, probably a lot of times we say, and Lord, this is what that straight path should look like. This should be a path that's easy. It should be a path that's smooth. It should be a path that's uh, free from any difficulty, challenges. And, And sure, maybe I suppose somebody could make an argument to say that and but that doesn't jive with the rest of Scripture. I mean, what we can have confidence in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, is that it's, it'll be His plan, it'll be His path, that He will carry us through it, that He will get us through it, that He will be with us, He will walk with us, He will lead us, He will guide us. But the straight path doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the easy path. So as we trust in Him with all of our heart, as we lean not on our own understanding, we also then need to trust Lord, even when this path seems a little little crazy right now, I'm trusting you. Now, why do we trust him? Why can we have that confidence? Well, scripture, I mean, there's there's multiple passages that we could look to. One one in particular that we often look to is Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 and that promise, right? That that should be an, an incredible encouragement to each of us. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? Do you believe that promise there in Romans eight twenty-eight, That all things work together for good to those who love God. Well, if you believe that, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, well, then we, we need to operate in light of that truth. That, that, that then we we look back to Proverbs sixteen nine and Proverbs three five and six and even in the midst of sometimes things that don't make sense, but to say, Lord, I trust that you're directing my path. That, that Lord, you're you're making my path straight. That you're guiding me on it, Lord. That that you love me and you're working all things together for good. So that even when things don't make sense to me, even when I'm, I'm struggling with what you're plan is, Lord, and to understand it, I've just got to trust it. I've got to believe it. I've got got to be willing to let you just take me through it. Uh, final passage we'll look at uh, is in Psalm 46. Turn to Psalm 46. Final encouragement for you here tonight. Psalm 46 brings us back to just, in my mind, an, an understanding of who this God is that we serve. Psalm 46, beginning in verse one, we'll go through the whole psalm here. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I ask you tonight, is God your refuge? Is he your strength? Is he a present help for you in trouble? That's what he desires to be. That is who God is. Are you allowing him to be that for you? Are you looking to him? <clears throat> it says, therefore, if we know that, verse one, if verse one, if if that truth is resonating in our hearts, if we're experiencing that, then in verse two, therefore we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. What the psalmist there is describing is is even even when everything is going. So not according to plan. Even when there is physical calamity all, all around me. Listen, right now in our country, we've got pandemic and we've got politics and we've got earthquakes and we've got fires. and We've got, we've got extreme temperatures and, and just so many different things going on. It, it should be so easy for us right now to take a step back and go, Lord, even when all these things are happening, I won't fear i will not fear because you're my refuge and my strength you're a present help in trouble and then the psalmist in verses four through six says there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of god the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high god is in the midst of her she shall not be moved god shall help her just at the break of dawn the nations raged the kingdoms were moved he uttered his voice the earth melted the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now, you can look at those verses here in a, in, in a couple of different ways. And I think one of the things that we need to look at here is that what, what the psalmist is describing here is he's, he's alluding to passages um, that we see elsewhere in Ezekiel and in Revelation. And though there might be in a more immediate practical application here, I can't help but think that the psalmist is looking forward to that ultimate promise that for us today too, that we say, though the mountains be be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, I know, Lord, that there is a promise of a new heaven and a new earth, of an eternity with you that gives me absolute confidence and hope that I'm eagerly anticipating and my eyes, Lord, are fixed on the future, on a future with you There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. It's described to us in what that new Jerusalem will be like. That ought to be an encouragement to us today. To be thinking about what is in store for us in the future so that we don't need to fear. Lord, you've got this. The Lord hosts is with us. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord. He has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire, there is nothing that our God cannot do. There's nothing that he's surprised by. There's, there's nothing that that is bigger than him. There's no civil unrest, political turmoil, or uh, pandemic that's gonna overcome our God. And so then comes that wonderful exhortation. In verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. You know, this isn't an exhortation to just some sort of uh, introspective living, but rather a reminder that in the, in the midst of uneasiness, in the midst of wrestling, in the midst of questioning, of struggling, uh, of uh, you name it, anything that we may be doing that's causing us to just uh, get out ahead of God, to try and take things into our own hands, um, whatever it may be, it's this call to come back to a place of uh, be still and know that you serve a God who will be exalted among all the nations, over all the earth, that he has been, is now, and will continue to be on the throne. That he loves you, that he's in control, that he has tremendous promises for you. <clears throat> that when here we are in August of 2020, thinking back on weeks and months of craziness and changed plans and things that the Lord is either doing or allowing, that we could step back and go, Lord, really? What? Why this? Why, why right now? Why, why these things? To be reminded of a Savior who early in the morning, with all the potential for man's glory before him, people seeking him, said, no, let's go. Let's do this instead. Even there early on in his ministry to show the disciples, my ways aren't your ways. I don't do things like you do things. I want you to learn how I do things. Look at things the way that I look at things. Don't think yourself able to to make all these plans and to say you're going to do all these things. Only if I will it. Surrender yourself to me. Trust in me with your whole heart. Don't, Don't develop a preconceived idea of what you think is a straight path of what I'm going to do for your path if you trust in me. No, you need to trust me. You need to to trust and believe that I love you, that I'm working all things together for good, and that you're going to be willing to just go. And even when it all seems really out of hand and really crazy, do you trust me that I have this? Do you trust me that I'm in control, that I love you, that I'm working it all out? Are you taking refuge in me? Are you finding your strength in me? That's where he wants us, friends. I don't know what God is doing this year. My prayer? My prayer is that he's preparing us. He's preparing us for something big. That he's desiring and endeavoring to do a final work in his church, his bride. That's what my hope is. But I know there's been a lot of times over the last several months where I've really been questioning a lot of different things. And the Lord just keeps bringing me back to saying, do you trust me? And I don't know if that's something any one of you needed to hear tonight. My opinion is probably us as a body, all of us need to hear that and to be reminded of that and to tell the Lord that we believe him, we believe that he's working all things together for good and that the only place that we want to be is finding refuge and strength in him. Hope that you're encouraged by that. Um, That's my prayer for each of us here tonight. Um, Again, I'm so grateful uh, to all of you for your prayers, for your encouragement. Um, they really are strength. I mean, um, you know, guys, again, I don't, I'm not, I don't want this to sound super spiritual, right? Y'all, of course, a pastor would say this, but more and more in my life, I find comfort in the knowledge that people are praying. Uh, I really do. Uh, and so for so many of you to say, hey, we're praying for you, that is a tremendous encouragement. Um, so please don't ever doubt that. And um, let's continue to pray for one another uh, in our body and that uh, all of this would in fact uh, be over soon, at least in such a way um, where we can enjoy fellowship with one another again. Uh, let me pray for you. Father God, we pause here uh, again this evening and Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. Lord, I'm so encouraged by this body. What a blessing they are. And I pray that you'd minister to each and every one of them, Lord, right where they are, right in this moment, Lord. That's the amazing thing about who you are, is that, Lord, though you are a big God above all things, Lord, whose, whose ways and whose thoughts are, are not ours, Lord, you care enough, Lord, that you meet us right where we are. Even in ways, Lord, where we can feel a sense of your physical presence around us. And I pray for that, Lord, for each and every member of this body. Lord, minister to them right where they are in this very moment. Strengthen our hearts, Lord. Strengthen our faith. Give us boldness, Lord, sharing the truth of the gospel. And uh, Lord, bring healing to those who need it, Lord. Uh, Bring encouragement, bring strength, and bring us back together again, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Here at CCNE, there are so many events happening throughout the week, so make sure you're subscribed to the weekly e-bulletin so you can be fully informed of all that we're doing. For more info, or if there are any prayer requests you'd like to share with us, be sure to visit us at ccnortheast.org.